This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. I was talking to my buddy Scott. We've been texting a lot, and because um, he had listened to the episode, and and he it was kind of funny because he was like, "I really liked hearing your story about the first time you met Shanji." <laughs> he thought it was pretty funny, but he was like, "He's about to relocate to Phoenix," and he was like, "It really actually made me think about what it is I want in a school when I go mm-hmm. there." Because he's now had to move from he's like he trained up in New York at a place, trained um, in at Lovato's which I think was like really where he's like taken a lot from mm-hmm. has uh, trained in Dallas Corpus Christi is now moving to Phoenix. And like, he always talks about, you know, Lovato's right. And that pretty much everything he does was from our fundamental curriculum. Yeah. But made it kind of think about what it is that he's looking for. And I don't know, we just had like a lot of conversation about that whole concept of true base building. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and right. And then having that, when you strip away all the flash, what's stood the test of time. Yeah, exactly. And like, where can you really feel like you're learning, you know, that you've got a particular kind of attention you've got, um, I guess more of a, a, a cohesive, system of of what it is that's being taught a style i don't know it's just it, there's just you know so many different styles I've, I've trained at other schools when i've been out of town and it's like you know this is a cool place to come drop in or whatever but this would never work for me long term like there's just something about and it's like that with anything right it's like whether I, you're I finding you're saying. finding a coach like what you do yeah. or anything um and it's just finding the right atmosphere that resonates with you for some people that i mean that just it just depends on the person you know yeah but we like teachers. We like somebody teaching us principles. And that is funny. Like when you're saying that, I'm just thinking like the only thing I've ever heard at Lovato's being there is like pass, get to mount, smother, choke. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things that, that go on and teachings that go on outside of that. But the, the message has always been smash mount joke. right right <laughs> it's a shame because i i, I don't know you, i you reach a point where you kind of have to take over your own education mm-hmm. and maybe it's like that in what you do as well right the, where this you, is you exactly get, yeah this, this, this maybe is exactly is a good, what it is because um you know when you take away all the all the crazy fluff and the flashy things in fitness you're left with the basics. I mean, even people who are, are in fantastic shape and, and they're doing all this crazy exercise and, um, you're following on, on Instagram and seeing all this stuff. How are they and how strong are they at the fundamental basics? Like when we take away all this jazz, like how do they operate? Um, and I think that's, uh, that's the same way in martial arts. You know, when you take away all these different these different techniques and stuff that we're talking about that are highly effective. They have their, their thing, but there is still that fundamental basic OG principle that's, that stood the test of time. And, um, uh, that's kind of what we're talking about today, aren't we? Yeah. Things that have stood the test of time. Yeah. And one of the 
oldest, um, basically the the man, the godfather of fitness, the in oldest America. G's that there ever was. Yeah, in was. Like. <laughs> Jack Lalane. Um, and just thinking about Jack, I mean, what all do you know about Jack Lalane? Okay, so I, I'm glad you asked this because I was thinking about this on my way over here. I was first introduced to the name of Jack Lalane because I kind of got into juicing. Mm-hmm. And I was like talking to my dad about like, oh, I'm kind of into juice. He's like, hey, I bought a Jack LaLanne juicer. I'm not really using it. Do you want it? And so I started using a Jack LaLanne juicer. And so it's kind of funny. That but is. that's so, right. Yeah. But that's kind of how I got introduced to like, okay, so who even is this guy? Right. Like, I wasn't really familiar with them or anything like that. But that's kind of how I was first introduced to the name of Jack LaLanne. I'd probably heard it before, but that was sort of the first, uh, thing that I kind of took note of, of his name and his, his line of juicer. It's a great juicer, by the way. Yeah. It, it, there's kind of some funny things. And I think about that. It's like, I thought we would be brought like juicing would become mainstream in America from some sort of yogi practitioner, something, you know what I mean? Right. And it's Jack LaLanne. It's the exercise guy. Yeah. You know, back then really talking about it. But for, I mean, for some people who don't know, I'm going to name off a couple of things here, but like at age 40 in 1954, Jack swam the length of the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge underwater with 140 pounds of equipment, including two air tanks. Um, that was a world record, of course. I can't even, uh, so he's got air equipment, everything. Yeah. Swimming the length. Yeah. So he had 140 underwater. pounds of equipment with the two air, including two air tanks at age 40 at age 40 at 41 he swam handcuffed from alcatraz to the fisherman's wharf in san francisco <laughs> i just don't even understand at 42 he set a world record of 1033 push-ups in 23 minutes on you asked it you asked for it a tv show with art Bar- uh, art baker at 43 he swam the treacherous golden gate chanel towing a 2,500-pound cabin cruiser. This involved fighting the cold, swift ocean currents that made one that made the one-mile swim a six-and-a-half-mile test of strength endurance. Okay. That's... Okay. He maneuvered a paddleboard 30 miles in nine-and-a-half hours um, off of... Basically off of San Francisco shore... At 45, he completed 1,000 push-ups and 1,000 chin-ups in one hour and 22 minutes on a TV show. Took a 15-year break, and at age 60, he said, to hell with it. Let's swim from Alcatraz to the Fisherman's Wharf for a second time, handcuffed, shackled, and towing a 1,000-pound boat. 61. He swam the length of the Golden Gate Bridge underwater for a second time, handcuffed, shackled, and towing a thousand-pound boat. <laughs> it's so random. Okay, <laughs> there's there's a lot of weird things like that, but and that's not even who Jack Lalanne was. That's just his expression. That's who he he just went out there and he was just showing people like, look. The irony is like when you do this basic shit that I'm telling you that we're about to talk about here in a second you get your ass out here and your willpower and you do these things. And I think 
that is an inspiration that we can look back in the 50s, 60s, 70s there when he was doing this to just realize like Jack LaLanne wasn't the greatest athlete. He wasn't the most Jack strongest person on planet Earth. He's just a living testament to what he preached. And um, I don't know. It's, it's very it's interesting stuff. Absolutely. Well, and this guy, he lived a life like this. I mean, he's doing these things into his 70s, mm-hmm. lived a healthy life into his 90s when yeah. he died. Um, so it's not like he was really beating himself up. I mean, he was a moving, shaking person yeah. well into old age. Yeah. Doing crazy things at 70 that I can't imagine doing at any point in life. Right. So today we wanted to talk about seven keys to kind of Jack LaLanne's philosophy, I guess, on health and fitness and eating. Because this is, we we talked about this on an older episode, I think maybe even the first one, about these old time strong guys who were just healthy, fit, strong people. Yeah. They weren't worried about what tool they were using. They weren't worried about supplements. They weren't worried about all these things that we get caught up in. And instead they were just doing these everyday fundamental things day in and day out consistently and performing feats of strength that most of us could never even dream about. I mean, yeah. the fact of doing a, a, over a thousand pushups in 23 minutes, like give me a break. There's not, there's no chance that I could get even close to, I, I mean, Obviously, right? I mean, this is just crazy stuff. This is just yeah. crazy strength, but this is just his everyday life. Uh, 100%. So let's go through some of these strengths because these keys that he has, these seven mm-hmm. tips from Jack Lane, I think are things that we talk about. Um, but I think it, that it's it's interesting to see how this is still such valuable philosophy today. That's exactly why I was talking to you about it the other day. Because when I stumbled, I just stumbled across the article of seven things, you know, these seven tips from Jack Lane, and it's just... I love looking at these because they they provide everybody just where we're getting our information, <laughs> the exact these sources of of that have stood the test of test of time. Right, because this so, is back into like the fifties and yeah. before. Right, this yeah. is not this is not new stuff. No, this is not new stuff. All nope. right, so the first tip from Jack Lane: If man made it, don't eat it. I mean, it says everything and more. It's really, but there you go. Here's, here's somebody who said, look, if I set a principle upon myself and I say, if, if man made it, I'm not going to eat it. And that dude went around and just lived by that principle. And you see the, you know, the byproduct of that. Right. Um, so there's an everyday habit choice that he made. Some would call it extreme and some would, would call it just like being a human being actually like honoring oneself. I I don't know. It's, and there's a world in between. That's what we love to talk about. But yeah, yeah, that just means that man, man isn't trying. And I think we know this from the pharmaceutical world, from the news that gets out there and all this stuff. Man is not trying to empower us and make us healthier. I mean, obesity would not keep climbing. Gyms would not keep growing and opening. And it's, sickness and disease is, you know, all of this, man is not trying to make us healthier. We have to make ourselves healthier. And, um, Hey, it's, it's following things like that. And to make it easy, we talk about the 80, 20 principles. So just imagine if, if you ate and just think about things that are, 
that are not man-made versus man-made. And if you ate them 80% of the time, you probably imagine that you'd be in a lot better shape than you are. Yeah. Some of this talks about like some of the things he would talk about is that him and his wife, they would go out to eat on restaurants almost every night. So it's not even like he was cooking at home every single meal, but he would be specific. He would say, you know, he would go in and order things that he thought were real food. Like we talked about, go back, listen to episode two, eat real food, those kinds of principles. Um, And talking about eating more of the right stuff and not necessarily just eating less. Another choice, right? Yeah. The second tip, Jack LaLanne's workout theory, the body doesn't grow old from overuse. It grows old from lack of use. Man, this is the whole reason like that green strength has resonated so much with me is that I want to be able to do things into my 70s and 80s. Look at guys like Steve Maxwell, right? Who are mm-hmm. still like training jujitsu well into their yeah, well into upper age when you know, I may be at where I'm at now and sometimes I feel really beat up from it. But the, but these are people who are doing these kinds of things well yeah. into old age that beca- and they constantly move. That's what they're doing. They're constantly we want to have the ability to still serve others and serve ourselves when we get to that, you know, any age really. But it, that's that's the thing. Don't stop moving um, in the strength conditioning world. There's a, a lot of talk on gpp general physical preparedness and that's just like that especially in like the the athletic realm it's like okay off season we we start out we raise their gpp and that's just that work capacity before we start to get into to specific things um humans do we just need natural gpp we need a basic physical preparedness that isn't met as a as a whole in in this country and in the in this on this planet um they're the old uh, i can't even remember the high school was it la salle or something from in the california with the uh the john f kennedy time when he had that little the pe the physical education was high and there's the the kids at that that school they had a uh, fitness program and um, so it's really cool to look into. I mean, they had different levels in, of the fitness program. You got different shirt colors when you got to certain things. But I've told that story, and I believe I've told it on here, how there's a 12-minute warm-up, and it's all calisthenics. And I still bust it out every once in a while because I'm always amazed at how the majority, the masses of everybody, athletes included, that I'm around, aren't very good at it. And that's basic. That's basic general physical preparedness and hey that's that's what jack's talking about right there if you don't if you don't stay on the hunt for happiness and movement and 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 vitality then it's it's going to go away real quick yeah i think of my great uncle and the way he used to work out and it was like he would walk three miles every day whatever it was he always ate two apples every day you know like he you know these kinds of things but he would it was all like old school calisthenics is what he would do. Mm-hmm. He would do push-ups and sit-ups and walk and, you know, just body weight stuff, maybe a few hand weights. Yeah. That's all he did, but he was active well into old age, um, 60s, 70s and beyond. And I, and like, I don't powerlifting programs or CrossFit and all these other things aren't better than, or like, like they have their purpose. They have their place. What, that base, that calisthenics life, like that has to be there to truly, 
utilize all these other things anyway. So that's kind of our message. Just like go back and really build that human base so that you have the ability to truly do what you're passionate about. Putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. All right, Jack Lillane's tip number three, eat primarily meats and veggies. And I love this. He recommended the following meal plan, breakfast, fruit, eggs, and or meat, and whole wheat toast, lunch, big salad and meat or fish, dinner, big salad, two vegetables, meat, fowl, and fruit. Yeah, I mean, everybody, if they listen to that and look at that, they imagine a healthy person. We talked about that in our episode, like painting the picture. Well, there's there's the picture. Um, the question that everybody's going to start to try to break down, or there's going to be many of them, is, is going to be one meats. You know, and then to that, I'd say, well, veggies, because apparently both are bad. <laughs> you right. know, there's the right. doctors out there, uh, Carnivore MD and Paul Saladino, and those guys who will will tell you that. Vegetables are, are the enemy, and there are, are very smart, credited vegans out there who will tell you meat is the enemy. But if we can get the majority of you picking a side of either real man didn't make it meat and or real man didn't make it vegetables, then you're going to be a lot better off than you are in this world of, of arguing about what's right and what's wrong. He, again put a principle, put a challenge on himself to say, like, these are the foods that support and thrive with me. And he also found a system that also kept him lower in calories. So and there you go. There he found his, his deal. Yeah. And it's all real food. It's Someone will nitpick and say, oh, you said whole wheat toast. Bread's bad. Yeah. And then we're talking about the 50s and 60s and 70s. Look at the difference of bread in the 70s and look at the difference of bread today. And to clarify this, and we're going to have to probably do this every single podcast, bread is not the enemy. If you can eat bread, eat bread. Real bread. Go find like somebody who actually enjoys and taking the time to use really good ingredients and makes good bread. If you're going out and eating shit bread, then there you go. It's a big difference. Yeah. All right, Jack Lane, tip number four, understand the power of daily habits. He's already been laying them out here. I mean, with move every day or else you're going to lose this. Um, you know, eat <laughs> these sorts of foods and, and only these sorts of foods and, and don't eat shit that man made. So his daily habits are his disciplinary principles that he obviously believes in. And um, those principles are, are what our game of modern day life tug of war. We know when we, we abide by that or we eat healthy, we pick our system, everything's good. It's, it's the bounce, the back, back and forth between. It's the I'm frustrated because I'm trying to figure out how much I can get away with. That's kind of always the thing. And it takes that, that power of, hey, every once in a while you got to do something every damn day and you got to get through and get to where you want to go before you can start, you know, having that leeway. Yeah. I was, it says that Jack would start his routine at 4 a.m. and he'd work out for two hours, mm -hmm. typically doing an hour of weights and an hour of swimming in his pool. And he said he did that because it was hard for him, him to have excuses later in the day. 
right? So he's starting his day out right. And he goes, you know, if I'm going to get up, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to swim. It's going to be hard for me to eat something real bad later because I'm, 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 it just gets your day started right, gets, gets everything fueling right. And also that he had a habit of having 10 raw vegetables per day and five to six pieces of fruit. Yeah. Lots of, lots of fruits. And, he and made veggies. it very easy for himself. Like, these are the foods I eat. These all foods, you know, are, are quality source foods that came from the earth. Um, I make sure I get my fruits and vegetables in. My fruits give me my, my snack, my sweet tooth, uh, all that stuff. And then I, he had his meals, eggs, meat, toast. Like, you know, I'm sure he had a, a nice sweet potato at a time or two. Like, there are things that are not in there that the Internet doesn't know. But that was all going to be real, real food. Pretty yep. simple. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Tip number five. This one's going to get, this one's kind of interesting. We'll see. This is a, a sign of times. So I don't know. I'm going to, we may nitpick this one a little bit. Sugar is worse than smoking. He said, there's nothing more addictive on this earth than sugar, not heroin, booze, whatever. It's much worse than smoking, <laughs> which is, I think, kind of funny. Um, but he says, as a kid, I was a sugar holic and a junk food junkie. It made me weak and it made me mean. It made me so sick. I had boils, pimples, and suffered from nearsightedness. Little girls used to beat me up. My mom prayed. The church prayed. Uh, so I don't, okay. He learned everything. He, I mean, he, he found that place from some pain. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure sugar is the devil to him because he was the, the fat, ugly kid and the little engine that could one day that that broke through and he's talking junk food sugar not fruit sugar those kinds yeah a hundred percent and i mean i sugar everything has a negative and i think the bad thing about sugar is it's very hard to do in moderation i mean when you're really talking about the foods that sugar and stuff is in it's like you know, we're, we're going off the deep end pretty hard. So a uh, difference in smoking. I don't know what he's saying, <laughs> crazy, but they're, they're both like the same thing, man. I, th I think both of them cause addiction, which takes you down an addictive dark path that we have to, in order to be healthy, to lose weight, to be, you know, whatever it is, we've got to, to fight these damn addictions, whether it's smoking, whether it's sugar, um, whether it's you know a lack of, of sleep, we've got to start putting these daily disciplines in to better ourselves. And how much? That's again, that's up to the person. How how vibrant do you want to feel? How do you want to run your life? But uh, now I, and that's he was also in a time when the, you know the the sugar companies were starting to kind of do some some funky stuff. That was the time they were kind of working with lobbyists, and there was some some things going on there. That's the also during the years where they started taking the fat out of everything and, you know, putting artificial sweeteners and things and stuff. So right. he was kind of fighting that industry as it was rising. And he was the, the man that was standing there. So he had to get as crazy as he could. Yeah. It's a little hyperbole. I mean, obviously smoking is really bad for mm -hmm. you. Uh, heroin, pretty bad as well. Uh, we know these things, but you know, the thing is, is the sugar thing is so much s sneakier, right? Yeah. Where, okay, we know heroin is bad for you, right? You don't have to be told that. We know people who smoke, you don't have to tell them. They know that smoking is bad for them. Nobody's sitting around 
like they did way back in the 20s and 30s and whatever, saying, oh, you know, eight out of 10 doctors recommend Marlboro, right? Like that's not, that's, that's not today. We know these things, but you know, you, we do see this, this issue with sugar because of how much we drink in sodas and these kinds of things that, that we're seeing that, that obesity problem and how addictive that is. I mean, that's the area that gets me is, and I don't know, man, this is a, this is a tough topic is kids. And it's, it's like, you know, I, I grew up on it. I made it through and that's that kind of one of those arguments, but it's like, and nobody can tell somebody how to raise their child. Um, that's a hard thing too, but it's like a lot of times I try to step, step back and look and I'm like, man, we, we use it for entertainment. We use it for bribery. We use it for all this and we're, we're creating habits and we're creating we're making it hard from, from an early age where they're really dependent on these things that are not serving them. So that's a weird, weird area. And I think that's kind of another area that, that Jack was heavily influenced in. Yeah, for sure. All right, Jacqueline, tip number six. Dying is easy. Truly living can be a pain in the butt. This is what he said. Dying is easy. Living is a pain in the butt. It's like an athletic event. You've got to train for it. You've got to eat right. You've got to exercise. Your health account, your bank account, they're the same thing. The more you put in, the more you can take out. Exercise is king and nutrition is queen. Together you have a kingdom. I think that is just, I love that. That's well said. Um, I can't tell you how many times being in the gym industry, you see the very successful man or, or female who's, uh, you know, been making a ton of money when they're finally there because they're hurting and they need to get their, their health back. But it, that's just the balance again. That's the balance, and he's talking about it right there. Your your bank account and your health account are, you, you better pay attention to both of them and because uh, they both affect each other with the, the, the stress aspect of things. So um, we talked about the old-time strongmen, um, He's Jack LaLanne was one of the original people that still talks about exercise and nutrition going hand in hand because they do. And um, I honestly believe that if you're talking exercise with somebody and you are not having conversations about how how nutrition is paired up with it, then um, you're doing yourself a massive disservice. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, making the point that it, it is work, right? Truly living is a pain yeah. in the butt. I mean, you've got to do the work, you know, it's, it's, but what but is that, it? It's work to learn. But once you learn and you understand it, it's fun to live this healthy lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, it's not daunting on you anymore. Like you don't have, it's, it's, it's easy now. Now it's enjoyable, but you had to learn something for a second. Right. It's like, uh, Yeah. When he talks about, when we just talked about the power of daily habits, mm-hmm. that when you've created those systems, that bring well, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. I'm, I'm obsessed with the book Atomic Habits. I think we've talked about yeah. this. I'm like truly obsessed with this right now. I've listened to it. I'm reading it. Pin marks everything. I actually think chapter two of Atomic Habits is probably one of the most powerful and important chapters of any book that I've ever read. And it all talks about creating the identity of habits. It's Man. Do you oh, do gosh. you create a habit, like, and it could be like a small, like once a week, um, but do you like 
is it part of creating a habit to be disconnected? Does that make sense? Like, cause part of like creating habits, like I got to create this structure mm-hmm. that I want to live by. But part of me, like once, twice a week, I want to have this time where I'm also disconnected. I, w- I wonder if that's an, in- I don't know. I'm just yeah. thinking here. I, man, I'm working towards it. So I've started with my morning routine. This mm-hmm. is, we're getting, we're, we're taking a little aside here for a minute, a minute down the atomic habits road. We may have to do like a whole episode on this. Yeah, we will. Just, I'll read the dang book. It's, we'll it's so good. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's so good. But I've been working on my morning routine, mm-hmm. right? Because I have the bad habit, like so many of us do that the first thing I do in the morning is I reach over, I grab my phone and then it'll be like an hour later. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my day? Yeah. You know? And so I, I read a couple of books specifically dealing with morning routines. And then I got into atomic habits and like, it's been very important for me. I'm still, I'm working on it. It's in process, mm-hmm. but so my thing now is when my alarm goes off, I'm going to go into our little home gym and I'm going to do something. And that's usually just stretching, moving around something before I look at email, before I get on social media, anything. Just like Jack LaLanne. Yeah. I basically got a, a list of two of, of eight things or whatever. And mm-hmm. I have to do at least two of those things in the morning on a work day before I play with my phone is that's what awesome. I'm working on. So anyway, that's a whole other episode. So we'll tease that for another day. <laughs> All right. Tip number seven, the last one to bring it home from Jack LaLanne, a few nutritional principles, no dairy, no coffee, 10 raw vegetables, and five fruits a day. And so when asked about dairy, Jack once responded, it's not good for you. It's good for a suckling calf. Are you a suckling calf? So, okay. Um, I don't know what you think about it. I eat a little bit of dairy. I like cheese. I like heavy cream in my coffee. Um, and you know, I, I'm sure that again, we're talking about some tips from Jack Lane. I think the point here is diet matters, eat fruits, eat vegetables, no coffee. Sorry, Jack, I'm not with you on it, but, um, what do you think coach? Uh, I'm a, I'm a dairy person myself, but, um, and I'm definitely going to drink coffee. Um, now not a second. We, yes, there would be a time where we probably need to, uh, you know, um, load so to say off of our caffeine for a week or so and and kind of restore our ability to to feel it um but you know with dairy that's another thing i i would honestly tell most people to avoid dairy if they just weren't really invested in spending a little bit more and getting a quality dairy i think quality dairy is something i that is important um but if foods do not affect you, if dairy does not affect you, and you can put it in your little system, like Jack has kind of done with himself, then by all means, have it. We got to find something that is sustainable and helps us be happy for the long run. So if it's serving you, then, and you've mastered and figured out a way to put it in your diet, good, and it is of quality, then I'm on board. Um, if it's not serving you, and you feel like you don't know how you could do life without dairy, well, that's pretty easy. Um, just Google. Like, there's a thousand blogs and things. And plus, all you're really looking is, like, what does a real food diet look like without dairy? And there's going to be a million examples. And that's basically just the whole 30. Again, we kind of go back to just real food. So um, we know what that stuff is. But 
I think the most important thing to look at there is that, again, Jack eliminated a lot of stuff that would cause any problems. Dairy would cause any problems. It could be with calories and digestion or whatever it may be with him. Um, he's eliminated that completely. Um, he's not having sugary pastries and things like that. So he's pretty much dialed in yeah. food-wise. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the point here is not – we're not having a debate about whether dairy is okay or not, right? No. It, it comes down to each individual person determining what's going to be best for them under the green strength pillar of eat real food. Yeah. So try to get the best quality of food you can get. And if something doesn't work for you, then you need to be thinking real seriously about cutting it out. I don't really have a problem with dairy, but I don't have that much. You know, I, I used to consume a lot more dairy. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people have real, real problems with dairy, um, gastro, gastro problems, Man. all kinds of stuff. And so, you know, for somebody like that, then, yeah, you need to be taking that into consideration. There's but a, it could be any number of. Yeah, there, there's a part of me that, like, is starting to feel like you just the, the real the real game of balance in nutrition is to acquire the well, to, uh, to acquire what you need as an individual from each little area. I think the game of like moderation is what's important. A lot of times when I'm eating dairy, is it, is it enough? Like, can I, can I eat it just a little bit to get what I need and then eat a lot of other types of foods? Or do I eat, do I say, Hey, this is bad. And I only eat these sort of things. So I eat these in massive quantity. I believe there's a world, there's gotta be more to like all the, uh, the medicinal sides of, of real food. And I believe that we kind of scare ourselves from these stuff. And I think that's something that we should all explore. And again, it goes back to right into our principle of eat real food. It goes back to people start enjoying fruits, vegetables, meats, enjoy it all and, f and start to examine and, and find what works for you and what doesn't. And if it's taking meat out of your diet, then by all means do it because, um, you know, since a, Steve Cotter, like that's, that's a, a vegan. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there are very strong, smart, intelligent, healthy people out there that are vegan. And there are some that are meat eaters. So don't get confused. Stick with real food that serves you. Um, and you're going to be on board. Yeah. That's what Jack was doing. The one that, uh, Tom Brady's vegan, right? Or vegetarian something. Oh, like I don't know what Tom Brady, Tom Brady's on like more of like an autoimmune Oh, gotcha. diet. Um, I, th I think of, um, I used to be really into cycling yeah. and there's a American professional cyclist named Dave, Dave Zabrin, Dave Zabrinsky. And, um, he was vegan and now when he, and he would like ride tour de France, right? So we're talking mm -hmm. 21 days, thousands and thousands of miles. Yeah. When he was in the middle of that, he would eat a little bit of fish for some extra protein, but other than that, purely vegan. So it's, it's possible, right? You can be a very, very high level athlete yeah. doing crazy things and, and do that. But depends on the person and and they're also totally. when they do that they're not like a, a shitty vegan right they're no, like they're I think eating like good quality i think that's the, the right main way. thing with either both sides of this like both either side of the camp you're on if we're finding like the healthiest and the most knowledgeable and have the most to teach us they're they're very simple they eat their choices of food and they eat real food and that, that's all everybody else has got to do is got to find what works for them and stay consistent on it. And 
Don't lie to yourself. Don't be an asshole about quantity and stuff. And, and look what Jack LaLanne, those seven tips, he was telling you right there. I take out the stuff that doesn't serve me. I know how much I'm going to be snacking throughout the day and what I need because this is, this is what I take in every day. So it's five pieces of fruit and it's 10 different vegetables and I'm going to get them in. Yep. And he's going to move every day. Yeah. So check that out. I mean, there's a lot you can learn from these old school guys like Jack LaLanne. So much wisdom in there that we yeah. can just... Everything we talk about, get back to those fundamentals. He wasn't arguing on ketogenic. He wasn't arguing on any of that stuff. You know, he's just telling you to move, eat, and, and reflect on that. That's brilliant. Coach, uh, as I understand, you got a few questions that maybe we can answer for some of our friends and we listeners, did. friends of the podcast. We did. We had a couple of questions here. I love this. If you guys have questions, that you want answered on the show. This is a great opportunity. Go head over to Instagram. It's probably the best way to go find Coach Luke at Green Strength IV. Slide up in his DMs, send him a question. We'll answer it on the air. But uh, yeah, we're going to hit a few listener mailbag here real quick. You know, one of them was from my my buddy. I don't know if he's even playing around or not, but he's, uh, you know, looking for a clean source of energy to help me get through the day. There's so many different directions you can go on that. Um, a lot, like initially off the top of my head, I'd, I'd want to know, like, are you getting in enough food, you know, every single day um, and, and what that looks like. But I think a good answer there is just simply go back to to eating real food. I know everybody hates me saying that, but you know, grab some, grab some fruit, grab some nuts, grab some honey, grab some fast acting, you know, some good, easy snacking foods and kind of easy digestible foods like that as well. Fruits, nuts, seeds, a little jerky, very high quality jerky be good. But those sort of things you can kind of just snack on throughout the, out the day and kind of, uh, um, give you a little, little boost. That's not also putting a giant meal in your stomach and taking up too much time. Um, but that's, and it's providing nutrition. It's providing tons of, of nutrients. Yeah. My thought too, when I think through this is my relationship with caffeine and my sleep habits, because mm -hmm. if I'm staying up too late, not getting enough sleep, that's such an issue that will last days. Like I'm a yeah. little tired today from this weekend because it takes a few days to kind of feel back to normal. But also if I'm like drinking caffeine later in the day, that's going to keep me up too, which they all, they both kind of go hand in hand yeah. as opposed to my one to two cups of coffee in the morning. And that's kind of what it is. But that's for me, that energy is so much related to sleep. And am I having bad things in the afternoon, like drinking coffee at 4 p.m.? That's going to be a Hydration is probably something very big to look at. I mean, if you're adequately hydrated, maybe you don't have as much energy crashes. And so I... I would uh, recommend maybe doing some sort of um, electrolyte or just even some lemon, lime, and uh, some sea salt or something like that to kind of get some sodium and electrolytes and minerals there. But um, besides that, if I was going to start putting food and I didn't want to throw down a big meal, like I said, I would go simple. I would just do some uh, some different fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, um, jerky or or nice cuts of of meat something like that nice yeah what else you got so the other one let's see 
somebody had a question. We were talking about this yesterday. And they were talking about since they are not having as much time to exercise and they're very busy that they heard on the Ben Greenfield podcast that you should lift heavier weights so you don't have that much time. So it's basically saying like, okay, hey, I was training four days a week. Now I can only train two days a week. It's like, okay, well, the most important thing you should probably do is get in there and bang some heavier weights two times a week. And we're just talking hormonal response basically from this. But my my thing is not against that at all. It's that's I don't that's what we're doing. That's what I'm trying to, to teach all the time. Uh, I think we get lost in trying to let everybody know that posture and position then challenged as heavy as we can is what we're after. We're not after just like, okay, it, I, I go a lot heavier when I'm, when the reins are kind of off and I'm, I'm doing a training a different way. You're not training a different way. It's like we squat, we pick things up off the ground, we press things above our head or press it horizontally. You know, we pull ourselves up and we want everything to be as heavy as we can based on like the adaptation we're trying to get from it. So I think, um, that is definitely like, I'm kind of, I gotta go backwards here a little bit because what I told him is to make sure, just start to look at as normal training right now and take out some of the stuff that's not serving you and keep the stuff that is like the heavier lifting stuff and then do it with that intention. And there you have it. And that is, that's kind of what, exactly what Ben's talking about anyways, you know? So I think when we listen to all these things out there and we get all this advice, we've got to always um, go back to look at like what we're doing. Are we already doing that? We already have that portion in our program. It's in there. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe I just need to start taking out some of this other stuff and then focus on this and that's strength training. So I don't know. I don't really have an answer for that. And I don't think, you know, my question was to, or my answer to him was just to stay on the program because heck we're squatting and we're picking things up and we're doing pull-ups. Like we're doing strength training and those are the core fundamental movements of strength training. Well, and I hate the, it's like, we, we say this all the time is it depends on the person and their circumstances because, yeah. you know, I can imagine a scenario too, where, like when I'm in really, really busy with work, I've got a lot of stress going on. Maybe coming and doing a, what would probably be a little more taxing on the body, like a really heavy workout. Like maybe that's not what I need at that time. Maybe I need something a little more low key, a little more relaxing, a little more body weight movement. That's going to be, I don't know, that's, that's maybe going to help me feel a little bit better in the morning as opposed to I'm beat up from from work and stress and everything else. And now I'm going to go do something that maybe is going to make my body feel a little beat up. So I think it kind of depends on like, why are you having to take a step back from training as much? Do you have a lot of stress in your life? Because maybe like, I don't know, maybe that creates a different scenario. That's, that's, that's a really good point because, man, I'm at like, I'm at the position now where I truly believe that vitality and longevity and happiness is most important. And, and that's, that's with health. Um, I think we get blinded a lot of times when we start talking about training and a lot of our training resources that we, that things go through are, are like the world of like pure powerlifting strength training. And 
that is a, the specialized thing, man. There's like a level of that powerlifters need to get to, and there's a level that athletes need to get to. And you need to figure out what the hell you're watching and thinking on the world in between. Because, you know, when powerlifters are, are in and weightlifters are getting to those elite levels and those massive strength, you know, uh, positions, then all, a lot of other stuff suffers. Like the everyday life is not happening the same way that people truly want. So everybody needs to slow down with that shit. But start to, uh, you know, for this exact person, like I told him, like stay on the program and just start to examine. Like when you're take out some stuff that's tiring you, tiring you out, if you're short on time, now just pick your squats, pick your pulls, pick your pull-up days and like put that stuff together and do it with intention. Heavy. That's That's the answer. Perfect. Yeah, it's a great way to tie a bow on this, man. Shout out to Jack Lane for all the wisdom. That was just seven little tips that go right in line with the green yeah. strength pillars that we've talked about here and continue to and will continue to talk about. So, uh, coach, any final closing thoughts before we get up out of here? And and again, if you have those questions, send it in. Coach, where can they find you to send those yeah. questions? You can find me at uh, Green Strength IV on Instagram or at the website at greenstrengthhq.com. Send us some questions. And um, I would say just check out check out uh, some YouTube videos on Jack LaLanne. He was a character. He was very charismatic. He was an entertainer. But um, he had a mission to help people help themselves. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, it's exactly what that we are doing. And what, what I love to do is just, like, facilitate. So, like, let us help you. Um, just like Jack Lane was doing back in the day, and we're just passing on the same thing. So check him out. He's a very interesting guy, but you will see that all of that stuff still stands in today's time and can help you be fitter and uh, healthier tomorrow and forever. Well, everybody, he's Coach Luke. I'm Jeff. We're going to finish up another Green Strength podcast here. Definitely come back next week because we're going to keep bringing you all the hits here on the Green Strength podcast. Share it with a friend, too. We know you've got somebody else out there, a family member, a friend who might be into what we're talking about. So please share this with somebody and go ahead and subscribe so that you know when next Thursday rolls around and that new episode drops, you're going to be right there first in line ready to hear what we're talking about. So thank you guys so much for coming back every single week. And we'll see you next time on the Green Strength podcast. Podcast.